Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Wealth City Hall. I'm Wendy King, and this week we're talking all things budget. As we near the end of another year, people are thinking about breaking leaves, getting winter tires on, and holiday festivities. But at the City of Guelph, the staff has their minds focused on budget. So let's get started. Joining me today is Tara Baker, Treasurer and GM of Finance, Karen Newland, Manager of Finance Client Services, and Greg Clark, Manager of Financial Strategy and Long-Term Planning. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. It seems like we were just talking about budget, but it's been a year since we did our last uh, budget podcast. So uh, maybe, Tara, can you just get us going? Uh, Could you catch us up on where we are in this year's process? Sure. So um, we've been working on the budget, um, I would say, internally now um, for a number of months. Um, and leading up to that, we've had conversations with council about our new multi-year budgeting policy. So there's been a lot of um, engagement on budget through the year. Uh, we've just released the 2022-2023 budget on November the 4th. Um, and uh, we're leading up uh to the presentation to council on November the 16th. Um, and, and then uh, following that, uh, the opportunity for the public in terms of the public delegation night, and then also the town hall uh, will be coming up uh, in the later part of November. So Karen, when uh, you have the document and you take it to council later this month, would there be something new in the presentation? Uh, Yes, this year we will be seeking Council's approval of two years of the budget, so we'll be asking them to approve the 2022 and 2023 budget, including the property tax levy for both years, the water, wastewater, stormwater rates, as well as user fees for the two-year period. And this is a stepping stone for us as we move to our full implementation model of having a four-year approved budget by Council. So we've talked before, I I believe, about the multi-year budgeting. Uh, What would you say makes that so different? Um, What makes it different is we will be getting two years of approval instead of just one year annual approval. And then we would be coming back each year to have council reconfirm the budget. So it's not that we're setting the budget and forgetting the budget. We will set it and then we review it and come back for confirmation. Uh, The benefits of the multi-year budget include reducing administrative burden and creating room for implementation with a focus on service delivery and continuous improvement, as well it aligns resource decisions to the future ready action plan with a long-term focus. It provides improved accountability and transparency over spending plan changes, so as things change, it's reported to Council annually and it provides the public with greater certainty, stability, and sustainability. So basically, it's like you're taking a a longer lens, looking further ahead, but do you sort of have it uh, targeted as well? Like, here's what we think we're going to do in 2022-23, and then here's what we think is further out? Yes, so we will provide them the 22 and 23 budget for approval, and then provide for the operating budget side, we'll provide a two-year forecast, so for forecasting out for 24 and 25 and then on the capital side we provide them with an eight-year forecast so they'll get a complete 10-year capital budget. 
So, uh, you know, when we think ahead, obviously unexpected things happen as we've all lived through for the last two years of the pandemic. So, Greg, how do you budget for unknowns? You know, one of the things about the budget is that it, it it's it's our expectation of how things are going to happen. So having the multi-year still allows us flexibility to address things that that can come up um, unexpected. There's mechanisms that allow us to realign budgets where we need different priorities or shifting pressures. Um, and really, it's it's based on using you know a number of inputs like baseline inflation, growth service delivery, those types of things to help us have our best estimate. Um, and like Karen said, we still go back and look at that and review that it's in line with with actual expectations um, and take that back to council. And if there's minor adjustments, there's a process for that. And if it's something different, more significant, then there's a process also for that to bring that in front of council. So COVID, I'm sure, was not the only thing that impacted the budget. Um, can you give me a few other maybe things that you got thrown that you weren't maybe expecting? <laughs> That's very true. You know, one of the things that we deal with each year is, you know, decisions made by other levels of government. So legislation that gets approved in particular by the province. And so a number of bills and pieces of legislation moved forward, impacting things like um, court services and the types of uh, uh, charges that we're going to be seeing come through there and the process that we have to go through. So that requires some staffing to help make sure that that can be processed appropriately. Um, other programs like Blue Box and the Conservation Authorities Act, there's changes happening there. Uh, we're not currently fully um, embedded into our budget. We still need to work through with both of them to see what it's going to mean for us and how it's going to change our budget and our service delivery and, and costing. Um, and so those are the types of things that can impact those future years as we continue to work through them. So, yeah, as you were mentioning, provincial and, excuse me, and federal legislation that's always going to impact you. Um, Greg, if you could, in layman's terms, explain Bill 108. So, Bill 108 is a, a piece of very comprehensive legislation that the province brought forward. It impacts a lot of different things. Um, one of the things it impacts is service delivery standards in terms of planning. So, it's set uh, timelines that our planning department has to meet in terms of reviewing and approving proposals and, and applications. Um, and so, we need to make sure we're staffed to meet those deadlines and meet those those. Um, uh, benchmarks that have been set in there. It also impacted things like our development charges, which was just in front of council last month, um, as well as a number of other services that um, impact other agencies within the, the city's uh, financial responsibilities. And then Bill 177 was another one? So this is the one that impacted the, the court services and the Highway Traffic Act um, type of charges. So now our court services is going to be dealing with a, a larger volume of, of um, charges, um, and those are going to cause us to need more staffing to, to assist with that process. Now, our court services is a non-tax funded in that we fund the services from um, fees that we collect based on the charges that we process, and we share that cost with the county. Um, but it does have an impact on how we manage and staff up that that resource to make sure that we can meet the demands that are going to be put on it. And um, recently, of course, we've all been watching what was going on at, uh, at the summit over uh, climate change. Um, so I'm assuming an environment is another thing you guys are focusing on. Sure. So I can I can hop in on that one. Um, we uh, we absolutely are focused on that, and and councils approved um, our our hundred percent renewable energy strategy um, a, num a couple years ago, and 
and uh, the budget that's been proposed um, includes funding uh, increases towards implementing the priorities. And and one of the biggest things I would say that you'll see in the budget related to that is uh, the electrification of our transit bus fleet. Um, and so that's one of the most significant impacts that we can have in terms of um, shifting th- those vehicles away from diesel. So uh, so that is one one way uh, that you'll see that investment in, in the budget and forecast period. Um, I don't know how you, if you can answer this or not, but you know there's a lot of things in a budget that you have to just maintain you know, make sure everything's staying the way it is or improving it. But then you've got to have a lot of new projects probably. Are you allowed to say what some of those new projects might be if it's all approved? So from a from a capital perspective, um, a lot of our investment is, you know, focused on maintaining and, and upgrading um existing infrastructure so there's you know there's work on york road there's work on our wastewater treatment plant um, continuing work at our waste or at our water treatment facility as well um some of the new things like like tara mentioned is electrification of the fleet so there's you know pending council approval there's purchase of expanded fleet and replacement of, of buses with electric buses uh, there's work going on to do fiber optic uh, network throughout the city so that's part of the budget as well as a continuation of that um, but really, at the end of the day, we're really focused on that life cycle replacement, uh, maintenance of budgets uh, or maintenance budgets in this this capital plan that's coming forward. And that's really because we have some significant projects on the go, like South End and um, Baker District, which are you know very large scale projects, and they're going to take a lot of our resources. Um, and that's really the focus you know, on those big scale projects and this budget is much more focused about taking care of what we already own and making sure we can deliver those projects. And I think the last time we spoke about budget, we talked about um, a real emphasis on on trails or maybe different ways that people are using transit, getting around on foot and, and bike, et cetera. Um, I'm assuming that's that's all in there still. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, you know, the transit piece is one of that, you know, the transit expansion and the route review plan that's in front of council is definitely a big part of that. But we also have implementation of the cycling network um, through grant funding that we're receiving from the province, um, sidewalk uh, network uh, expansion, um, you know, both on-road and off-road expansion of that active transportation network, as well as, you know, the the equipment and resources to make sure we can maintain and keep those those lanes open through the winter and and um, and snow free and, and available to um, both uh, for the users that need them throughout the year. And, you know, what residents always wait for really is what does this mean? What's the bottom line? Uh, what is the cost in dollars to doing all of these things? Um, that's probably for you, Tara. Um, sure. So uh, we've really moved towards trying to, to present the budget so that um, the community can understand that it's it's not just funded by property taxes. Um, the all of what we just talked about has a number of funding sources and um, and that what Karen had mentioned earlier, you know, the the water, wastewater, stormwater rates um, our property taxes um, and, a, and a number of other user fees that are being set by council through the budget each year. So um, in terms of the property tax increase, 
Um, at this point in time, it's uh, just under three percent, or sorry, just under four. It's uh, just on just about three point nine three. But there's a lot of um, conversation that council's going to have. So I don't want to I don't want to focus too much on what the proposed uh, impact is because th- that's really what council's going to be working through. Um, and I would say the one the one thing that also when you think about the the those rates is that there's pieces that council controls directly um, and has a lot of influence on. There's other pieces from our local boards. And while um, our member of ca- members of council sit on those boards, so they do absolutely have influence, the council itself doesn't have as much direct influence over the decisions. Um, and so we've tried to present the budget to say the local board's piece um, which is a little bit of less less direct uh, influence over, and then the city piece. And then what's uh, interesting this year is that we also have a third piece uh, related to the Guelph General Hospital levy that council approved um, a couple years ago. And so uh, the community will also see um, the impact of that in the proposed budget because of the decision to pause that last year because of COVID. So, um, so those are the three pieces of the tax budget that that ca- the community can see being being added up there. So really what you're saying is you're sort of around 4% now, but that's before council sits down and maybe whittles away. Yeah, they, they're going to talk about what's important. You know, they're going to they're going to figure out what their priorities are. Um, uh, they've told us what the priorities are through the strategic plan. But when it comes to pace and capacity um, and affordability of, of those those revenue streams, um, those that the, the priorities um, might shift in terms of the year in which they're achievable. So I think it's it's the priorities are are set, but it's now what year are we going to be able to do this? Maybe we're extending the period of time. Those types of conversations are going to start to be had with council um, because uh, you know that's really that's really their role in in the budget is is to balance those needs and priorities across all the different services that we provide. Can you tell me about that pace and capacity? So I'll start and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll defer um, over to, to Karen and Greg here. But basically what I just said is when you start to add the lens of affordability into the budget, it causes um, the need to, to think about priorities and, uh, and how quickly um, we can maybe tackle some of these, these needs that we want to do. So um, there's a couple places in the budget that you'll see that. Um, so... Uh, I would I would say that um, first and foremost, it's it's about the growth strategy. How quickly is the city growing, and are we matching our our capital plan and our the growth of services to the growth? So there's the 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 pace kind of conversation comes up there, um, and then uh, I'll uh, I'll de- I'll defer over to Greg, and he can talk about the the capital resource strategy that we we put into place this year. Um, and then maybe Karen wants to talk about the strategic investments um, that that are uh, for proposal. Yeah, thanks, Tara. Um, earlier this year, we brought forward a strategy for council to identify how to move our capital plan forward. And, and what we really identified was that 
Council has made progress in funding um, and providing sufficient funding to move projects forward, but what we lacked was the human resources, the project managers, the inspectors, the designers, communications, finance staff. And so through Council's endorsement of that strategy, um, what we've embedded in this year's um, budget is a number of positions that support the capital program. And so you know, that's going to help build us some traction and start spending more capital, seeing more projects completed, being more successful in getting things out the door and completed. Um, and that'll allow us in future years to build um, bigger and bigger capital budgets and actually achieve those and be successful in, in bringing those projects to completion. So that is a big part of communicating to council, you know, the nuance between funding and capacity and why we can only do so much capital and how we move that all forward. Karen, did you want to jump in on that? Yes, and so part of our, our budget this year is we have some strategic investments that we will be presenting to Council to have their um, input and approval on, and these are some of the things around the pace and affordability that we weren't able to incorporate into the staff proposed budget, um, but know that they are important and we need to have a financial plan in place to get these projects completed. And some of the items on that list, we have the, the transit route review, which is um, a fairly significant impact. We also have um, 100 RE funding. We have some other items related to the heritage um, plan that have some positions as well as some one-time dollars associated with those. Um, so there is many items on that list for council to discuss and deliberate on. So, I mean, obviously they have difficult decisions coming. Um, are there things also that come up that are not really in the budget? Yes, there are things that will come up throughout the year. Um, one of the things just after we released the budget this year, then the provincial government came out with an announcement around minimum wage that will have an impact on the city. So that's one example of where something's come up after the budget's been released. Now council will have an opportunity to... Um, add in additional dollars to um, fund any pressure that we're seeing related to the minimum wage. Uh, so that's one thing that we can handle through the budget deliberations and then there may be something that comes up after the budget's approved and then we manage that through our quarterly budget monitoring report that we have to, to council where we highlight any pressures that we're experiencing and we monitor those throughout the year and come up with uh, funding plans to um, deal with those pressures. And so just to kind of wrap it all up, is there still time for residents to get involved in the process? I, I, yes, absolutely. So um, that's uh, what I was trying to uh, allude to at the beginning is that on uh, November the 18th is our public delegation night. So they could uh, register with our clerk's office and actually come and talk to council about anything that's that's in the budget or not in the budget and that what they would like to see. Um, and then uh, there's also on November the 23rd, the evening, there's going to be a town hall where um, it'll be live streamed and all of our residents could uh, watch and be actually submitting questions to the executive team. Uh, all of the council counselors will be also kind of part of that and listening but it's it's hosted by staff um, so that uh, we could answer any questions that the community has out there um, before uh, council goes to um, approve the budget on December the 2nd. 
That's great. Hey, this has been a really good education in in what you guys all go through and and what's to come for the city. So thanks to Tara, Karen, and Greg for uh, and all your staff for all the work you've obviously been doing. Thank you so much. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.